0: Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison.
1: Happy New Year, 2024. Uh, 2023 sucked a big one, in my opinion. Didn't love it. Wasn't a good one. I would say it was my least favorite year since 2020, maybe. Wasn't a good one. Really? Really? And it's not like, oh, my gosh, like, a thousand, like, really bad things happened. It was just, like, not a lot of wins personally. And also, like, all of my closest friends, like, very much need a win. Have a bunch of friends, like, getting divorced right now. Just, like, not not good. Um, So I'm very happy it's 2024. Same. Uh, so we haven't podcasted together in like three or four weeks. We've seen each other and we exchanged holiday gifts and hung out, but we have not sat down and done this in like a month. And just to like set the scene, Steph has one of her eight pairs of overalls on, but <laughs> no, just a tank top with those overalls. She's, she's, uh, I'm she was nervous. She was like, do I remember how to do this? Which is what it's going to be, you know, That's every time I have like an extended break from teaching and have to go back to the classroom. I'm always like, do I know what I'm doing? Like, do I have a plan here? Like, and then the kids show up and you roll with it. So I'm pretty sure that's how stuff's going to be now. But, um, (laughs) what has been going on holidays? Mm -hmm. Ate so many treats, opened so many gifts. Um, got to see my family on the Cape. Um, really just like, been taking it easy sleeping in um you know starting to look for new teaching jobs that's like the new thing in 2024 that I'll have going on um because I have a part-time teaching job right now that will not be full-time next year so I need to start digging into that so I think it'll be a busy next couple of months um It'll probably start snowing and duff up all my plans. But, you know, it's all right. I'm going to roll with it.
2: If you remember last year here in Watertown, every time it snowed, it was, like, no more
1: than five inches and it melted within 24 hours. So global warming. And if my landlord, like, wasn't as intense as she is, I would not even bother shoveling. But she's, like, out there at the crack of dawn and, like, is runs a tight ship. So, um. Unfortunately, that's a thing that I have to do, even though I like know how to watch the weather and I know it's going to melt, or if it turns to rain, it's just going to wash away. Oh, well. What have you guys been doing?
2: Um, Well, if you follow our Instagram a couple days ago, you may have seen me spend seven and a half hours. I mean, technically, it was seven hours, and I ate in the middle there. building this beautiful gift caitlin gave me which i can't think of what it's actually called it's like a little scene that you put in between books
1: yeah it's like a shelf a hidden shelf cozy miniature it's like a magical bookend yeah yeah that's it yeah um it was
2: super stressful. The first 40 minutes, which I'm not including in the seven and a half hours, I just stared at it. And my mom kept saying to me, you don't have to do this or you can do it in little pieces. I could not do it in little pieces. I have two small cats. And if I started it and stopped, I just knew I would never go back to it. I'm glad I pushed through. It is complete. It looks adorable on my bookshelf. Um, Luckily, I had no other plans that day.
1: I I mean, I saw it as you were doing it spread out on your dining room table. And I was like, oh, God, she's going to have to finish this because how would she even store it to Correct. return to it later? Correct.
0: My favorite part was when she would say things like, there's paint here, but I'm not going to do that. Or there's electrical, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. She, she knew where to cut the corners.
2: It was know? around hour three that I was like, no, I, I'm just going to. Trim the fat here. We don't need lights that work.
0: (laughs) I think it turned out pretty gorgeous, I have to say. It's very cool.
2: It's adorable. It's unfortunate that you can't actually see from the front angle all the work that went into it. I mean, it does have a glass, quote unquote, roof. So if you peeked in the top, you could see some stuff. But there's so much tiny detail in these and you really don't get to see them, which is unfortunate. But you can see the two cats. Nice choice on your part.
0: I do what I can. (laughs) Since we last saw each other, I went to Vermont. I just came back actually earlier today. Um, As discussed on our first episode, Caitlin and I met at Wheaton College, and now two of my best friends from Wheaton live in Vermont. So first, I went up to Rutland, which is near Killington, for those who have been there. Um, And my friend Molly, who lives there, works at King Arthur Flower.
2: Can I interject for two seconds? Of
0: course. Um, shout out to Molly
2: because I have in my fridge right now, waiting for the thirty-six hour mark, refrigerated dough of the new twenty twenty-four King Arthur recipe.
0: Yes. So what Steph- is it GF? Well, you can,
2: King Arthur makes GF products, so instead of the regular flour, I used gluten-free flour
0: because I have that from them. So cool. So while I was at Molly's house. This recipe of the year debuted to the public, and it was a very cool experience because she is the recipe developer for this particular recipe, and she's quoted everywhere. Good Morning America, Real Simple, MSN, like incredible articles all about her pastry chef baking talents, and she's been working on this since February of last year. So it was very cool to be with her while that came out. And then I went to Burlington, Vermont for the first time since high school, ate at an unbelievable French restaurant called Loonix, ate my weight in cheese. It was superb. And I found a shop there simply called Home and Garden, Vermont, that felt like the green tail table of Vermont. It was like the place that I shop here, but there. And I noticed they carried many of the same holiday items. Um, but I had a great time and as we will discuss later, I was addicted to a book that you two have already read, um, that I was reading while I was there. That was quite on theme, if you will, for being in sort of a winter wonderland. I can't believe you hadn't been to Burlington, Vermont in that long. I know. I know. I have been to other parts of Vermont, but not there. And I'm grateful that Helen, other Wheaton friend, is living there now because her parents have a place there now in Burlington in order to be closer to them. They're like 20 minutes outside and she's been going in a lot more because of that. So she had a ton of places on her shortlist She wanted to take us. And even though it was pouring rain, I could still see that, especially in the summer, it would be awesome. Very cool. I
2: just realized I've been sitting here listening to you too. And I'm like, what did I even do the last three weeks? I've been demoing a house. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, update the people. Why did I forget that? I don't know how you <laughs> forgot because I was fully expecting to get to your house today and you being like a cripple because all the work that you've been doing is you bent all the way oh, yes. over <laughs> chiseling shit. And like, I just look at the time-lapse videos and like my entire body hurts just
0: looking at the videos and I'm not even doing it. And... Then she takes what you see in those videos and lifts them into a <laughs> giant dumpster.
2: I gave myself today off because, you know, I'm my own boss, so I'm allowed to do that. And I got asked to take care of Skylar down the street, who is a um, dog who does not handle separation anxiety very well. Um, I've been sitting with a heating pad on myself every single evening since day one. Um, I don't know if it's like... I turned 40 and suddenly my muscles don't work quite the same but or maybe it's just because I am bent over um all day but this demo has been very hard on me um also my dad tr- just turned 70 this past month and so he's sort of letting me handle all the demos <laughs> and instead he is handling painting and you know stuff that doesn't require quite as strenuous movement um We've already filled up three dumpsters. Uh, We probably have another two maybe to fill because we haven't even attempted the garage yet. Um, As with every house, this is my new favorite just because it's quirky and I love a contemporary home. Um, It does scare me when I'm like by myself. I was there by myself. It's just dark. And I just think about the weird dude who lived there before and like we haven't changed the locks yet so technically he could come back I guess I don't know Um. yeah I don't know it's going to be a good one and hopefully we'll be done by March and then I can start editing the next book you know
1: I did not realize that both your dad and my mom turned 70 like within a month of each other yeah December babies 1953 that was a good one we had some (laughs) good ones out of that yeah um, would you like to tell the people what the episode's going to be about? Because it's not just about what the hell we've been doing for the last month. <laughs>
2: so um, the way that I like to phrase this is what if you woke up the first day of January 2024 and your Goodreads red list was wiped clean? What books would you choose to read again for the first time? Um, I will go through mine. Mine are all none of them are recent books, so Neither are mine. I'm probably gonna struggle a little bit with the subject matter, but the first one I wanna talk about, I think all three of us have read. It is Sadie by Courtney Summers.
0: We're nodding vigorously. <laughs> yep. <Yeah, Sorry>. I <laughs> we're
1: not in the hang of it because we're like silently <laughs> nodding. But um yes, that I believe I own that you book. You do. Yeah, it's a YA book.
2: You passed it and around I to
1: us. Didn't know Molly
0: read it, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't. was bringing up the rear. I was the last one. I think I
2: handed it to her and was like, I think you actually might like this. I I don't know that Molly would normally enjoy a murdery book, but I think because of the spin of it being slightly podcasty um, and y a maybe it wasn't as gruesome as some other books, you know um i I have not seen it like promoted other places. I don't know if people are still reading it, but it is a fantastic
1: y a book yeah, the girl Sadie is like on a revenge tour of sorts. Um,
2: her sister's been murdered and she's basically mad at how the cops have just sort of muddled the the investigation and so she decides i'm gonna even though isn't she a teenager i'm trying to remember she decides to to figure it out herself and a podcaster is i can't remember if it's so sadie gets
1: no sadie gets reported missing and so the podcast is about her missing oh yeah and so each chapter like you hear what the like, how far behind the podcaster is to catching up to Sadie essentially. And then Sadie is like on this timeline of like revenge. Um, and it's really good. And there's a it's lot quick. of fist pumping and justice, and it's really good. It's yeah. really good.
2: Yeah. Um, my second one, also YA, is Before I Fall by Lauren Oliver. Um, this book. Yes, there is a movie. You could watch the movie, but I would argue the book is so much better. Um, I read this late at night, very quickly. It's sort of a YA Groundhog Day. And what I love about Groundhog Day type um, plots is that you are constantly trying to figure out what is the one thing or the series of things that is going to set this right. And it's not always... The outcome that you want, but this book, I don't know. There was something about, I mean, I love Lauren Oliver's books. Um, I actually haven't read one in a very long time.
0: She hasn't had any. Oh,
2: I think Panic was the last one that we read, right? She
1: had that adult one. Uh, rooms? No, we read, oh,
2: Vanishing Girls. Did we read that? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Vanishing Act or Vanishing Girls? No, I
2: think it was Vanishing Girls. Whatever. She has a lot of good YA books, um, but this one is like, it's like a rainy setting. It just feels misty and mystical even though there's nothing weird happening. It's about a girl who real I think it's Valentine's Day that she relives over and over again, you know, trying to figure out who she is, if she's friends with the right people because as she keeps viewing this day over and over again, the things she thought were Fun and happy moments kind of, you know, take on like a dark, dirty tint, um, and she starts realizing like what the important things are. And I, I don't know, maybe I need to return to more YA books because I just loved this one.
1: I feel like if Before I Fall had a Taylor Swift song, it would be Mirror Ball. Oh, and I feel like it would be Mirror Ball because since she gets to look at that same day so many times she gets a different angle each mm-hmm. time and then more people enter different classes and scenes throughout her day in high school. And so she's seeing all these different angles and things are being reflected in different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I also did not think the movie was very good, but yeah. I found the book actually kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, it definitely like kicked me in the feels a couple times.
2: I would argue sad, beautiful, tragic could
1: be. Oh, that'd be a good one too. <laughs> Have you read this book, Molly? I have not.
0: Oh, okay. you should just, read it. I'll
2: just hand it to you right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's being is passed across the table, <laughs> literally handing me the book as we speak. Um,
2: my third and final, I couldn't even, I had to like reread on Goodreads the plot because I couldn't honestly remember what the plot is of this book, but I remember and still am so upset that this has not been made into a movie or a series. This book
1: had it like- got s- It got bought. The rights were bought. I know oh. that much.
2: It it has such a
1: hold on me.
2: So it's called The Night Circus. Did I make you read this as well, Molly? I have read it. Okay. Um, Just trying to remember, it's about a circus that shows up at night. There's no forewarning. There's no, like, coming soon. It just appears. Um, Within that circus, there are two magicians who are fighting a long con battle between each other in which they have pitted um, a young boy and a young girl who unbeknownst to them this is happening but they're falling in love with each other and they can't be in love with each other because they are each other's unknown enemies um it's beautifully written it is so mystical and fun
1: and why has it not been made into a movie the descriptions are unbelievable my guess is it hasn't been made into something because the budget would have to be astronomical oh, for it true. to even seem remotely similar to the book
2: if there can be dragons on tv is all i'm saying
1: i know i know i know um just to piggyback off of the night circus have you read the book scythe or the series scythe
2: no i don't even know
1: what that is okay so i used to teach this book it's really really good um you're gonna have to get yourself a copy because i don't own it the school that I taught at had 1 million copies. I read that. Um, It's Neil Shusterman. It is a series that takes place in the future. And um, it's about if, imagine if the world got so technologically advanced that we had medicine and doctors and surgeries that were so good that nobody dies anymore. And so this position in society it's kind of got like a giver feel slash night circus um this position is created in society called this the scythe and if you are a scythe you are basically Mm death. you show up randomly to people's houses and when they see you in your robes and everything they know that they're about to die and they basically make decisions about who is not useful to society anymore and it's not just old people it's like within the first 50 pages i think somebody who's like been a drunk driver a million times and has like taken out a bunch of people like just is, they're like okay we don't need you anymore like see ya now the reason it reminds me of the night circus is because this boy and girl get called upon to become future scythes like if you're selected you don't have a choice you have to become one so they're both being trained to be scythes, but only one of them, they basically have to duel against each other. Like only one of them will make scythe and the other one will just die.
0: It's so good.
1: It's really, okay. good. it's a series. I could it see why reads.
0: this is a good teaching book because I think there are loads of questions about who belongs, what makes somebody worthy, who gets to decide. Yeah,
1: another book that we read in that same unit at school was um, The Uglies, which is like when you turn a certain age, you can get a surgery to become like perfectly beautiful.
0: It also reminds me, I can't remember what grade I read this in, but it feels similar to the Tuck Everlasting vibe. Yeah, all sorts of
1: ethical dilemmas when like people have the option of not dying anymore because... We need we need people to die, as it turns out, just cyclically, and uh, in order to have enough things for everybody in the world.
0: True, that was your full list, Stephanie. Yeah, just three. Okay. Am I up? If you're ready. All right, I'm ready.
1: So right off the bat, and I cannot believe Steph did not say these. Are you
0: up to say Harry Potter?
1: Of course I am. <laughs> so
2: that was an obvious one. That's why I, I tried to not do obvious
1: ones. Well, pardon me. <laughs> um, so Harry Potter, I would say fourth book and onward. Four, five, six, seven.
2: I would only say seven
1: because oh. of how I felt. Mm. Yeah, but there are so many deaths in four, five, six, seven that like, and also just the mystique of like, staying up until midnight to Mm -hmm. get the next book and then like i remember um i was a camp counselor when the last book came out and the camp director had an all camp meeting the day that it was coming out and said like there will be severe consequences if you ruin the ending of this series for other people (laughs) and there will be designated lunch tables for people who have finished the book if they wish to speak about it quietly that's amazing. It was, I mean, that's the kind of pull that this thing had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to be able to reread any of those. Yeah. Um, and then another book that I would really like to reread for the first time um, is Wonder by R.J. Oh, Yes. Good one. Um, I it was either my second or third year teaching sixth grade English. And that was the summer reading book that we picked for the kids to read over the summer. And then I also read it as a read aloud to my classes for a couple years after that. And that book, first of all, it's a great book to teach because it has point of view in it. Right. So like um, his sister, I think her name's via his sister talks about, you know, we're just like planets in in August's galaxy and like everything revolves around him because he's had so many health issues and he's had so many emotional issues because of how he looks and I'm just kind of like a background character. And so you get her point of view and then you get his best friend Jack Will's point of view and how he changes his mind about August once he gets to know him and wants to befriend him and It's just a really, really wonderful book that I think teaches young people how to be compassionate and how to um, operate in the world. And I actually got a chance to see R.J. Palacio um, at an author talk. I forget if it was at Newton North High School or Newton South. Um, But there's this amazing um, organization called Understanding Our Differences, and they hosted it. And she did this whole talk and she gave like the origin story of like how she wrote the book. And um there's a scene in the book that actually happened to her in her real life. She lives in, I don't know if she lives in Brooklyn. She lives somewhere in New York city. She had her two sons with her. They had just gotten ice cream cones. They were sitting on a picnic bench. There was a kid that walked by that basically had like the deformities that August does in the book. And, Her kids were the ones doing the staring and like making it really uncomfortable for the kid and his family. And she was like super ashamed and they left and she scolded them and was like, how do you think that made him feel? And the kids were like, he probably gets stared at all the time, mom. Like, I mean, what do you want us to do? I've never seen anybody that looks like that. And she went to bed that night and she woke up in the middle of the night because she couldn't sleep and she couldn't stop thinking about that kid and his family. And he had a sister with him and she built this entire book around this kid that they saw while they were eating ice cream. So that really stuck with me. And um, it's just a really, really great book. And I think it's one of those books that like an 80 year old would like it. Mm -hmm. And like also a seven year old if it was read to them. Great Um, Movie. Eh, okay, book A plus. Um, I also had a Lauren Oliver book, <gasps> Panic. Um, which was on was made was- into a TV show that was also pretty good. But that, but the premise of that one, it was just so fast paced. I read it on a plane. I like it was such a page turner for me. The whole premise is this girl. She lives in this small town that has this game called panic where like you take on these progressively more aggressive dares and challenges. And if you're the last person standing who doesn't wimp out, die or um, like get gravely (laughs) injured, uh, you win a lot of money. And if she wins the money, she's going to be able to afford to like stop living in her trailer and go to college. So she's very motivated to do it. And then there are like these alliances that get formed along the way and you know, small town romances. And can you trust this person? I don't know. Can you trust that person? Maybe I used to be able to, before we started playing panic, like, and all this. And it was just like, I, like, I remember feeling kind of nervous reading it because of all these challenges that they have to do. And also because I, I, it seemed like anyone could potentially just like die in one of the challenges. And so like you were just on the edge of your seat the whole time you were reading it. And I just feel like there aren't a lot of books that do that for me. Like I feel like maybe I listen to too many true crime podcasts or something, but like a lot of times I feel like I'm making like pretty accurate predictions and it's like not as edge of the seat as it should be. And this one, like I didn't really predict anything. So I really liked that one. Um, another book is one that I read in high school called Plain Song by Kent Harouf. Have either of you read this? I haven't. No. Okay. Kent Harouf is from, he has since passed away, but he's from Colorado and he writes about Colorado in the most stunning, sparse, beautiful language like it's so stunning and plain song i read it a million years ago but it's a story about multiple groups of people who kind of intersect in this small town in colorado so one of them is a dad with two young boys and his wife is going through serious depression and so he's basically raising them by himself there are two brothers that own a ranch And they have been lifelong bachelors and they're in their seventies. And this pregnant teenage girl who basically gets booted from her house shows up and says, I need a place to stay. Like I can help you around the ranch. And so they agree to take her on and they've like never lived with a girl in their entire lives, except their mom. So then they have like a funky dynamic and it's just like, it's kind of got this like Friday night lights. Like you're watching pieces of people's lives and how they intersect and what they have in common being in this small town. And it's not very long, and there's no big, like, there's no big, like, climax or turning point. It's just, like, you're watching these lives, and, like, it's very interesting. And I think part of it is, like, I read it when I was, like, 17, and I didn't really know about people living on ranches and that sort of thing. But it's just, like, a really, really great story. Um and there's a sequel and he's written a bunch of really great books. He's a really talented writer. And then my last one, Molly just read for the first time, Bear Town, by V. Frederick Bachman. Um, this... I think it. I think it's he's my favorite author.
2: I would say, really, Period. yeah.
1: Not to say that I've loved every one of his books. No, you haven't. And I haven't either. We're going to do an episode about him because he's mm-hmm. worth it. Um, Beartown, written beautifully, translated beautifully. It's about hockey. It's about relationships with people. It's about politics. It's about coming of age. It's about being victimized. It's about being listened to. Um, it's stunning. It's a stunning book. Um I'm gonna reread it before we do our episode about Frederick Bachman because I read it probably seven years ago, and I think Molly is probably the fifteenth or sixteenth person I've gotten to read it. Um, it's one of those books where like the second I finished it, I was like,' I want to talk to everybody I know about this book. Mm-hmm. Second one, excellent. Third one, haven't read it yet. Heard mixed reviews, and it's also very long. Um, But if I had, out of all those books I said, if I could only pick two, I'd say Harry Potter 7 and Beartown.
0: Okay. Very good. So I actually don't know if either of you have read this book that I'm about to mention. My first choice is called The Art of Fielding by Chad Harbach. No, I have read it. I'm shocked that you have. I can't remember how I stumbled upon it. I want to say, like in a magazine. The baseball book. The baseball book. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm I'm giving Molly a look like... Wait a (laughs) minute.
0: It is indeed the baseball book. It is about a young man named Henry who arrives for his first year of college and he's on the baseball team and he is basically a fish out of water. He has no social skills. He gets taken under the wing by one of like the red-shirted fifth years. And it's not just about him trying to fit in and find his place, but also he starts having like very strong feelings for a girl for the first time. And he has a roommate who has like a lot of secret things going on. And they also talk about the lives of the college president. And there's the whole storyline of the president's daughter who has graduated, but is back on campus and sort of gets involved with one of the main characters. And It was one of those books where I thought, this is like deeply honest about the human condition, just how people adapt when they're uncomfortable, how they change shape to fit in, how they have tons of self-doubt. It's just written in a way where you're rooting for everybody, even though everyone sort of has different conundrums going on. And similar to what you said about Beartown, when I finished it, I wanted to talk to everybody about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to pass it on. I think I probably read it seven or eight years ago at this point. Um, I don't see it come up on a lot of lists, like the lists we're talking about are making, but I think it deserves a spot. Um, Also, the biggest crush of my life was freshman year of college on a member of the baseball team, so I feel like I had a little (laughs) bit of a, like, I see myself in this book. Um, I also think that you – But the
1: more you describe that, I was like, oh, well, Molly likes this because it's about every aspect of college because you're still very involved with our college. So I think that probably hit a spot,
0: too, even if you didn't realize it. For sure. I think I served on the alumni board for Wheaton and I sort of saw all the different elements of what goes into maintaining the school and, you know, the emails that parents send or the requests that come into the dean or people wanting to change roommates or like every single thing you could imagine Um, but I also just thought the writing was really, really beautiful and it just felt very honest and relatable. Um, I have a fun fact about that book for you. Tell
1: me. Right around my peak Dylan O'Brien fangirl phase. So we're talking like the first Maze Runner movie coming out. He, in an interview, said that that's one of his favorite books and that if it ever became a movie, he would want to play the main character. What? mm-hmm that is I'll see if back. I can find it for you but um and I had already read the book and I was like oh my god Dylan and Brian and I like the same books like uh. that you know it was exciting for 30 seconds but anyways yeah he he really loves that
0: book I do wonder if it's been optioned by anyone I should have looked that up before we started talking about it but I will dig into that um my second one which is here on the table with us while we're talking is called Unearthed We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Blanc It's in my bedroom in my TBR pile. Oh, you haven't read it? I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so uh, thank you for saying that actually because I'll change up sort of how much I share about what it is about. It's stunning. This is one of those books where even though it is prose, it reads like poetry, every word, every sentence, every paragraph. And it was the kind of thing where normally when I'm reading as discussed, I turn down pages. I wanted to turn down like every other page in this book it's written the emotion is just so raw and real and honest it's about relationships with your parents it's about first love it's about growing up as an outsider it's about the immigrant experience there's so many different things kind of wrapped up in it but it's written in such a way that you are just like moved by the quality of the writing and when it was over I remember thinking like I can't believe I'm not going to have this feeling again of how it felt to experience this. Um, My third one is when we talked about kind of recently on our best of 2023 conversation, which is seven days in June by Tia Williams,
1: (laughs) which is in my TBR pile.
0: (laughs) And part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it today is because I found out yesterday (laughs) that she has a new book coming out. I saw you add it on Goodreads. So it's called, I just took a screenshot of it right before we started recording it's called a love song for Ricky Wild, and it's sorry. When, when is it coming out? In May. <laughs> Why do we have to wait for May? I know it's quite a while, and all the good things we're excited about seem to be coming out in May. By the way, I know. Idea of you movie, something else we were talking about. Um, so anyway, I it- don't think uh, we hadn't
1: told the people. We found that out. The idea of you movie coming out in May. We found that out Oh yes. since the last time we recorded it, I think. That's true, so I guess that's, so hot ready, off, people.
0: that's hot off the press. If you have not yet read The Idea of You, which we talked about in our third episode, I implore you to do that before the movie hits Amazon on May 2nd of this new year, 2024. Um, so Seven Days in June is a romance, but it feels very grown up in a different way than a lot of the other romance books that we talk about. I feel like it could,
2: I don't know if it is, but it should be literary fiction, not romance, in my opinion. It may be. It may be. I think I've seen it in the romance section, but it should be literary fiction, I think.
0: So this new one is going to be about a young woman who gets an offer from an elderly woman in her community to come join her in Harlem. So she's living in Atlanta, but come join her in Harlem and sort of like living as an adult for the first time. I read the summary earlier today. It looks great. So even though I can't read Seven Days in June again, as if I don't know what's <sighs> going to happen, I am really, really excited about this upcoming one. So um, we will share on Instagram for anyone who is listening once we hear uh, when it will be available for pre-order. So if anybody wants to jump on that, you can. Next time I'm at Belmont Books, I might as well just go ahead. and Add your name to the list. Yeah. Totally. Those are my three solid picks I'm
1: still reeling from the art of fielding
0: it feels off-brand yeah because I read a lot of sports books
1: I know but I just I mean that was a slow burn for me like I really it's like 500 pages long and I also feel like like the first 50 were not like totally raking me in kind of thing and I feel like I might be a little more patient than you with that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm a little surprised you stuck with it.
0: <laughs> I'm never going to live down my commentary about the fourth wing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's true. I mean, speaking of what we're reading now, um, Caitlin mentioned this already, but I just finished Baritone last night. I'm so excited for all of us to talk about it together. As I said, I was reading it in Vermont, which felt like such a, good setting for reading about a hockey book. Um, And I'm going to start, thanks to Caitlin handing it to me when she arrived today, My Life with the Walter Boys, which I'm sure many of you have seen on Netflix. The show just came out about three weeks ago or a month ago. Um, So I've been waiting to watch because I knew Caitlin had this book. So I'm going to try to race through that and then reward myself with the Netflix show. It's a corny show.
1: It's also like a is the wrong word. I would say sweet and saccharine. Appearing. Yeah. It, it's not saucy. We're not talking the summer I turned pretty. No, um, that's okay. It's not like that. And also, what high schooler has abs like that? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm even Be more excited real. to watch it. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there, you know, there's like 25 brothers in that show and book. And one of them definitely ripped a page right out of the Tim Riggins handbook. So buckle in. Okay. A a PG-13 Tim Riggins. Okay. (laughs) Ish. He has a couple moments that are more
0: Riggs-ish than than Mm. his siblings. Fair enough. What about you two? What What are you reading or just finished reading? I'm
2: struggling to get through Glossy. Well, not because the writing is bad. The writing is fantastic and it's made me laugh a bunch of times, but I'm finding myself mad at myself for buying Glossier products and that's why I'm struggling with it because it's, I'm oh, sure we'll God. talk about it in an episode. Oh but...
1: gosh, are all the boy brow people going to like? I'm literally wearing that. it right
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could that's see like how
0: <laughs> <popular> <laughs> knowing how the sausage is made yeah. is tough.
2: We'll talk about it later, but um I've read a bunch of romance books in the meantime as like, let's at least get something done while I'm struggling. And I'm not going to say which ones, but I'm feeling like there needs to be, and maybe there is, and I'm just oblivious, but there needs to be either on the back cover or on the spine, like some sort of emoji key. Because I'm keeping this PG just in case someone is listening to this in the car with, like, children in the backseat. I've read two books recently that had to do with edging and one that had to do with fingers and back doors. And I'm just feeling like if there could have been a warning, maybe I wouldn't have read the book. Do you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Caitlin's making so a face. I'm just
1: trying to... (laughs) imagine what that warning oh for sure
2: okay so i've thought about this a bunch um if the book with the finger in the back door could have been like the thumbs up emoji and a peach emoji i would have been like cool enjoy your kink i'm moving on got it you know
1: got it so maybe there could just be something on there that's like i feel like there's like romance and then there's like kinky How have publishers
2: not, like, banded together and been like, okay, let's, like, have some sort of tiny little secret notification on the back cover to, like, tell people? Because, like, if you're into that stuff, great. Then, like, read all those books. But, like, maybe I'd like to lead through things a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's
0: fair. One of the books Steph is talking about is called Wreck the Halls by Tessa (laughs) Bailey, which is on the table right now while we're talking. She read it. I read it. And I've read a bunch of Tessa Bailey books, so I didn't even really care what it was about. I was just like excited to read another one of her books. And I think I was maybe like 30 pages in and I saw Stephanie in person. and I was like, so you didn't tell me (laughs) this was going to be the focus of this. And the cover is so wholesome. You would just never know. And then you're like deep into this wannabe romance where things are just not going how you think they're going to go. and I it's... literally got to Steph's house and Molly
1: was like, do you want to read this? And told me nothing. <laughs> I took one look at the cover and was like, I'm good. Because I thought it looked so stupid and tweeby. Well, if I you want it... to read about edging, this book's no, great. No, I'm good. But thanks so much. Good lord. What um, about you, Caitlin? <laughs> well, I haven't been reading about edging. Um, but... I did read David Chang's memoir, Eat a Peach. Yes. Tell me what um, you thought, because I read which it Which he's the founder of Momofuku and many other restaurants. And I just, I thought I knew a decent amount about him because like I follow him on social media and I um, have watched his show on Netflix and whatever. But like he went to college in Connecticut didn't know that he, his dad owned a like golf store outlet. Didn't know that um, he was a terrible student. Didn't know that like, and then also I didn't really think about it, but like, he wanted to open a simple noodle shop in New York City, and he opened it in two thousand three or two thousand four. I forget which. So like twenty years ago, and that was like unheard of. In the United States 20 years ago. And now I think Newton alone probably has eight or 10 right now that are all doing well mm-hmm. and they're small and their menus have like 10 items and they're only open for dinner service and like they're making it happen. So, like the fact that in 20 years that style of dining has exploded in that way was really eye opening for me because. 20 years ago, I was like just starting college and like the restaurant scene was like not really totally on my radar and that like what was available to me, I guess, is a better way of saying that. Um, and so it's kind of cool to read about these, re- I mean, that's the type of restaurant that I go to at least once a week now. And like 20 years ago, I would not have been able to do that. So um, I really enjoyed that. And I found it not to be like too chefy, too restaurant-y. Like there was a good mix of like, here were the anxieties I have. And like, he has a really interesting chapter about like being a workaholic and what kind of addiction that is and like how that manifests and like what to do with those types of people. And I just found myself like really resonating with some of that because when I was teaching, I like didn't really have a life. And, um, and I just like was spending all of my time like prepping lessons and correcting stuff and sending emails and worrying about kids and worrying about their families and all of that. And so when he was like talking about it as like an addiction and like overbooking yourself and like, you know, just like, not having a spare moment ever because you're not good with that kind of time was really interesting to read about. So I just finished that. And then today I started reading my first Riley Sager book. Have either of you read Riley Sager? I thought Riley Sager was a woman this whole time. Not true. Male author has written eight or 10 mystery books, I guess is hmm. thrillers. Maybe Can you is give us the title of one. Um, the one that I'm reading is the house across the lake.
2: Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah.
1: So, um, the dedication page, like, the you know how there's, like, I dedicate this book to whoever, but then there's also, like, a page where they sometimes put a quote that has to do with the book. The quote at the beginning of this book is a quote from the Taylor Swift song, "Nobody No Crime. <laughs> so, right off the bat, I was like, I'm in. Um, but it starts off with a real bang. Like, in the first five pages... There's already, like, one dead body. Somebody is, like, being held captive. Like, there's, like, a lot going on already, and it seems really fast-paced. And a lot of people have mentioned that they really like his books. Um, So I am reading that one, and I feel like I'm probably going to add the rest of his books to my Goodreads list pretty quickly.
0: That sounds good. Very nice. Well... If you all want to keep up on what we're reading, what we're excited about, what's coming out soon, the author events we're going to, head over to Instagram. We are at plans are booked, all one word. We would love to hear from you. We love to see the reels and the memes that are making you laugh. Thank you to everyone who has already sent us some. We love resharing them. And you can email us at plansarebooked at gmail.com. Feel free to tell us what you're reading or books that you've already read that you think we should discuss. We would love to chat with you
1: and until next time our plans are booked